Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 193. Happy holidays, happy Easter if you do celebrate, and happy holidays if you don't celebrate. Tonight we are recording probably about 45 minutes after Roma defeated Torino in Turin, thanks to a penalty from... Who else? Paolo Dybala. Uh, with me tonight, I've got two Canadians. I've got Joey and Seb. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Scott? It's Saturday. It's Easter. I've, I've eaten a lot of chocolate with Easter eggs, but all good. And we welcome back Mr. Calcio AS Roma, a.k.a. Seb. It's been a while. How are you? It's been, it's been a while. Good, good. How are you guys? I've been meaning, you know, I've been meaning to come back. I'm happy... Happy I could come. You know, it's funny. I was supposed to come back. Well, we said we were going to do it during the international break when yeah. when we lost to Lazio. At least, at least now I come on with a more upbeat, <laughs> upbeat energy. Yeah, me and Joey did a very long. Oof, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> uh, it, that Monday afterwards, after that Monday after the derby, <laughs> was not fun podcast. But the last. Very two- tough. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been all right. Last two wins, back-to-back wins. Um, Seb, you wanted to talk about Roma in general in Serie A? Because I was going to have you on on the Sunday during the international break because I did one with Calcio with Julian, a.k.a. Julian, which mm-hmm. was excellent. And I was going to do back-to-back episodes, but unfortunately you couldn't make it. I think you were playing football yourself. Um, but you wanted to talk about... Yeah, I was playing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wanted to talk about Roma in general in Serie A so far this season. The floor's all yours. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I think you know this season probably one of the most important seasons we've had in, in a long time. I keep I keep saying it because you know we have important guys like DiBala, Mourinho, like at the club. So you know it it, it was always going to be an important season, and it's been high, it's been low. Um, but even we were kind of discussing off the pad, off the pod a little bit before we started recording that I do think that that Roma are better than last season. They are better than maybe even two seasons ago. I ju- I read today uh, just right now before we started that they're they're five plus points ahead of how much they had last year, which is which is obviously a positive. So you know we're we're in that we're in that decisive moment in the season where I know we could always say with well, Mourinho it doesn't matter about the the quality of play but we're we're definitely in that in that moment of the season where where nothing else matters but results and we've definitely put ourselves in a in a decent position i would say if you you know for your third or fourth with eight games left and you're in a decent position to kind of and in the, in the last few years we kind of this is the moment of the season in which we kind of fell and we, you know like the you know the ending of the season all we had to play for was europe the last two years you know in in the europa league semifinals against united last year with the conference league so, so this year, the fact that we're we're there in the middle of the pack, we're in both competitions, is 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 a positive. I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this. I I try not to get too high on wins, and I try not to get too low on losses, just because I know <laughs> I just know how how this team is, right? But it, it's been it's been a it's been a, a solid season so far, and and the last eight games are going to be decisive to to tell us uh, where we are going into next season. So you're managing your expectations quite comfortably at the moment. I, I would, you know what? I, I I don't know if it's experience of being a Roma fan for so long, but I I finally have gotten to that that state where I could under like you know we could lose and I, and I see everyone like freaking out and I'm I'm kind of mm-hmm. just like oh you know what well <laughs> we're we're still here we're still there we, we you know there's still time while well, maybe in the past I would you know <laughs> get get a bit more more agitated with with certain results but 
yeah, no, we're, we're, we're there. We, I think we deserve, I think we definitely deserve to be where we are because again, I think we're better than we are last season. So yeah, it's, 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 it's good. No, again, we're in that decisive moment. I agree with you that you don't, that me and Jerry and, and Imran have talked about this on, on the podcast before. Like I've seen fans on social media, there's nothing wrong with it, but they just get a bit too emotional like with the highs yeah, sure. and the lows, like mm-hmm. I, I think this year, I just think don't go on social media that much because I think me and Joey have said Twitter is a, a horrible place sometimes. And afterwards for like after a game, you just don't want to go on there. Just like take a day off. Just don't get too emotional about it, especially with the, with the, with the lows, but especially with the highs as well, because uh, you might say some things on there which may come to bite you on the ass, like six yep, weeks down true. the line. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind six weeks. It could be. It, it could be. It could be next could week. Be the next game. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, we it could win. It, it's like the two one against Cremonese. It's like ah uh, nah. I'll stay off social media for about two three days. Don't need to read that. And then there was stuff last season. It's like nah, you're okay. But I do agree with you. But um, yeah, uh, I I wanted to get your analysis of the season because. So far, because we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago over direct message, and I think you've nailed it pretty much spot on. Um, but yeah. have you got uh, have you got the cardiologist on speed dial like for Joey? Because I, he, I don't think he can handle one nil wins like today much more often. I think uh, we've we've know, endured it's, quite a lot it's this funny. season. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this: when it, I've never felt, and it's funny because I'm still agitated and i'm still nervous in the, in the final moments but i've never felt more comfortable when roma are up one nothing than they are now i, I don't know if it's just like Mourinho, the type of coach he is it's just so expected that they're just going to win one nothing and they'll hold on but i'm still i'm still very i'm still you should you know i like to watch games alone so i can't say too many people have seen it uh i am in those final minutes sometimes i'll throw like if there's like a pillow I'll just throw, I'll grab it. I'll just throw it when a guy like misses a chance or when like Tammy misses chance today. I like punched my bed and I was just like, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Uh, at the same time, there is that back of my mind where I'm just like, yeah, we're going to hold on. We're going to hold on. Really. But you know what? And it's funny. You were talking about the way Candreva scored yesterday. At the end of the day, oh. as long as that exists in, in, in this sport, like, man, you'll always be a bit nervous. No, always. Just a little bit. <laughs> The look on Anana's face, <laughs> one at Joey, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a Seb. I actually think Seb says it right. Like we we are more comfortable. So when I mentioned I need a cardiologist, it's actually a little less than what we did before. But before I would expect, <laughs> before I would expect, you know, Roma to blow it and the game to go one one and to drop points. But Seb is right. With, with Mourinho, you have the expectation they are going to hold on. But being a Roma fan for so long. And, you know, pre-Mourinho, we we had so many times where we would just slip up. And I have the same reactions. Tammy May Abraham missed a good chance to end it and help me calm down. And I, I yelled out some, like, some weird, like, like a stressful noise, like just being all angry. So, yeah, <laughs> but in, in the end, they do it Mourinho style and uh, they're just, uh, they, they just continue to find ways to win this game 1-0. All right, shall we talk about the game? Uh, 2-0-0, Roma 1, a Paolo Dybala penalty after 
Pershers, thought he was a goalkeeper. I even shouted at the TV, shouted, handball, handball, that's surely handball. Um, he palmed it, and then the referee didn't give anything for about 20 seconds and then gave the penalty. Uh, Dabara scored a bit fortunately because the older of the Milinkovic-Savic brothers got a foot to it. Um, the game sort of petered out. Torino had a couple of chances, especially in the first half, but nothing really to add in the second half. Uh, they were blunted out. And then Roma tried to hit on the counter-attack. They went back to the 3-4-2-1, which, Joey, we talked about last week. Um, overall, a good win. Um, but, yeah, confidence is growing. Two wins out of two. Joey, I'll come to you first, then Seb, I'll come to you afterwards. What are your thoughts? We are recording about an hour after the match. We are recording after, during Lazio, Juve. Unless someone is on the Juve bench has just been sent off after Lazio have just scored. Um, but what's your thoughts on the, on the win in Turin? Uh, I'll go with a classic Roma win. I don't think we were, we had chances. We looked um, a little fluid with moving parts. Uh, I don't think the full chemistry was there with Dybala playing as a false nine, but we, uh, it was basically, we did enough to win the game. I I don't think, uh, I I don't think Roma, you know, were, uh, were amazing on the, on offense. I don't, I think they were, they were a little lackluster. They didn't create too many chances. They had the chance at the end when Torino was pressing. But I expect this type of game because uh, Torino defend very well, especially under Juric. Uh, they don't score very much. So they're they're technically a little like Roma. So I expected this type of game. It could have ended 0-0, uh, but sure, thought he was a goalkeeper. We should have definitely had a second goal, though, at least with uh, Dybala. I don't know how they didn't call that penalty. I'm sorry. I thought the... Uh, the foul in the second half was a penalty on him. Uh, he got to the ball first before uh, Savage did, and the defender, I think it was Rodriguez, and they clattered into him. Uh, so we could have had one there. We could have had one with Tammy. But overall, again, organization was amazing defensively. Uh, Urente, Mancini, and, um, and Smalling, which Smalling to me was man of the match. I thought the midfield did well defensively. Uh, and we, we won the game uh, just in our our typical Roma way, and uh, we managed to win a tricky away game in Turin. So, Mubal, Mourinho ball, some call it murder ball, but overall, a good win, because you come to a tricky place of Torino, who, under Ivan Juric, are progressing. They're not the side they were a couple of years ago. They like to play progressive, high-tempo football. I think getting the early goal was quite key, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that changes the the complexion of the match. Uh, getting that goal allows Torino to uh, sort of have to attack more and allow Roma to be in their most comfortable state, which is defending a 1-0 lead or just defending in general. So Roma only have dropped two points from a leading position when scoring mm-hmm. first. And it's a big, that that's a big, big strength of Roma when you come to play them. If you go down early, uh, even though I'm, I like we said uh, at the beginning of the pod. Uh, we're, I'm always stressed at a one-zero lead or a one-goal lead. That's one of our biggest strengths is being able to defend it. And uh, they did a great job today. We mentioned about XG and Torino had very little. They had 0.27 XG. It was just uh, they didn't have much going forward, and that's that gives cre- that's credit to Roma, the defense, the midfield, and just the overall overall organization of the team. 
No, completely agree. I'm trying to think who the two points dropped against. I'm just in, in the back of my mind. That could probably something to look on later when we finish the uh, Torino. Uh, no, not Torino. Sorry. that We we came back against that. But yeah, I, yeah. I heard it today, but I'll look it up who yeah. it was. But it was, oh, it, it was one team. You know, you know who it was? It was right before the break, Sassolo. Oh, yes, yes, Sassolo. That's right. Sassuolo. The game before Torino. Oh, yes. yeah. Well, the infamous Rick mm. Carstock game. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the late header. Um, Seb, I'll come mm. to you. What was your thoughts on Roma's performance today? To me, the the game today is a perfect example of when a team has a, a clear identity, whether it's uh, playing good, fo- good football, defense football, whatever it is, you get results when your team has a clear identity, right? And, and you, everyone keeps saying this is such a Mourinho win, such a Mourinho win. And the first thing I keep thinking of is is just the identity is just it's, – it's very – if you – if if you did not know Roma was coached by Mourinho, if you did not know who Roma's coach was and you watched their game, you would just say, oh, the, the, Mourinho coaches <laughs> coaches this team. And, and when you when you have that clear identity, when you have that that clear structure, uh, you have a, a good group, a good unit, you're, you're going to win games like this. It's just it's, it's just the reality. Uh, and, and, and we do have the faults and there are games that we've lost in this situation. But uh, today, today, today's a win of uh, of just clear identity. This is how we play. We know what to do, uh, and that's I, I. You know, I I didn't love, and maybe it's a hot a hot take. I don't know. I know a lot of people liked it when they saw it before the game started, but I I don't love Dybala as a false nine. I think I think Dybala is more of um, he's definitely he's definitely someone that needs to me a number nine beside him. In my opinion, I don't I don't, I don't know how you guys how you guys thought how that went today. I, I thought the there was more fluidity more. I guess pace between Sobakin and El Shadawe, but I don't love it. I, I think I think uh, he's, he'll always be better with a with a Tammy below there, just a striker beside him. I I tend to to agree to that, Seb. Um, I would only like DiBala if the right players are around them, such as yeah. El Shadawe, Sobakin type. So again, it was one game, but it looked a lot better than when DiBala is playing a false nine with Wijnaldum and Pellegrini. Around yeah. them, which was the Juventus game, but mm, overall, I, yeah. overall, I I tend to agree. I think he is better with a number nine, somebody he can play off of. It's just our number nines just haven't scored <laughs> at all, and probably Mourinho was looking at statistics and results. Uh, DiBala is a false false nine this year. We started mm-hmm. four games, we've won four times, and wow. yeah, it's yeah. so it's it's happened. Um, it worked against. Um, Juventus and Inter Milan are some of uh, some of the wins where Dybala has played false time and Roma somehow won the game and obviously Torino today. I think the other one was uh, Bologna, if I'm not mistaken, after the international break. But there was yeah, that, that's correct. That rings a bell because Tommy came on and then saved the header right near the end. That's right. So we're four no. for four with it. But I I, I tend to agree good with teams you. Too, uh, good good teams too. Actually, every every team you just named. The, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking at that. But do they look the greatest with it? Probably, probably not. But the other games where Dybala played a false nine, I don't think we had the right players around him. Can it work? Yeah. Maybe. But I, I do tend to agree. We just we need another nine, but another nine, a number nine that's not struggling. And again, Belotti, as hard as he works, has zero goals. And Tammy, just he only has seven goals in all competitions. It's just between the two of them. They they can't you just can't seem to get it done. I'd like to look at today, uh, Tammy. 
He did everything well, just apart from finishing. You know, yeah, excellent to get man. that chance. Just yeah. couldn't bury it. That that play actually was, was the first thing I thought of. Was I'm like that literally describes Tammy Abraham. Like the play, the play was so nice. The pace, the the cut back, drops the defender, and then he puts it in the sky. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of, you know, it's like maybe that I, I call it killer instinct. I always say it sometimes. I think that's, and even today Mourinho talked about after the game where he said he, you know, he wanted to get that two nothing. It's funny. We, we, it's funny. We we'll always praise him for winning one nothing, but the first thing he'll tell you after the game is, oh, we could have got two nothing, you know, and and I think we could have, we could have if if certain. If certain things went different ways. Yes, and he he's usually correct on that. It's just the strikers. I know I get it. Uh, I know there's there's obviously we have there's Mourinho fans and people who don't like his style. I I do understand that. I do think the way his style is and our identity um, forwards, um, wingers, attacking midfielders, whatever positions tend to drop in deeper. So it, it is harder for strikers to score, but. In our case of the, the the forward struggling, when they do get the opportunities and they've had some clear-cut ones, they don't bury it. So I'm already thinking of Tammy's chance today. And I always say on this podcast that Tammy chance in Hellas Verona has not left my mind. Even though we won that game, the one where he missed the wide open. When Mourinho, when Mourinho sees this, even though we create a little less than other teams, we tend to defend deeper. He he has these chances, and same with Bellotti, and we still don't bury them. You know, Bellotti he had a chance to even score on a penalty against Torino the first time around, and he missed. So, I I mean, at some something's got to give. And at this point, I don't blame Mourinho for for benching players that are not performing. And if this is the way to go, well, and this is the way to win, this is how we're going to go about it. You know, he's on the air. We're in the decisive. Yeah, you, you know Zaniolo scored from that rebound, by the way, in Verona when he hit the post. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Tammy needs to finish it, Scott. I'm sorry. Is, yeah, that, is that is that the last is that last Zaniolo goal that for Roma? Is, is that is that uh, his no, only goal? Uh, yeah. In Serie A, in yes. oh, Ludogratz. In Ludogratz, yeah, three, three days later, uh, yeah. he scored twice and completely changed yeah. the game. Um, I actually wanted to ask you yeah. that because. Did you think that he had Feyenoord in his mind, Mourinho, in not playing both Tammy and Belotti? Do you think that he had the game plan for today and then he's got a game plan for Feyenoord where thinking he could play two up top and with someone yeah, like I think, Zabala I think game in plan behind? For today and, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think, I think, I think but, definitely game plan, game plan today. That would be quite bold, uh, especially because we're in uh, Rotterdam for the first game. Mm. I, I don't, re- I don't recall the last time Mourinho has played two strikers in an away game like this uh, to start, anyways. So I thought if you start one today, you would start one of them uh, on Thursday. So it's uh, it's it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. Or maybe uh, maybe Mourinho. I, I know it's something. It's some rumor that went around that there was some sort of Torino spy. Uh, checking in on, on uh, Roma's yes, training. Yes. I don't know if you guys heard that. So yeah, I don't I know if he, he tried to mix it up, mix it up in that way. I like. I know I, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I, I read that a few times. I was like, okay. So, but uh, you could be a. It could be a good point, Scott. It's just I, I've never seen Mourinho in an away way match play two two number nines up top uh, okay. at the start of a game. It could be. It could be. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely see on Thursday. Uh, 
But uh, I, I mean, I expect them to play the the regular front three. But who knows? We'll we'll see what Mourinho has for Thursday. Yeah, I do because, expect him. I do oh, expect sorry, one of them sorry. not to play on Thursday. Oh yeah, I was sorry, about to say. No, the same I do thing. expect one yeah. of them to play. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which one? Which one would I'd you go shocked, with? Yeah. <laughs> Which one would you go with, sir? It's a good question. I want to say Tammy should get the Feyenoord game, and then Belotti should get the Udinese game. Udinese game, yeah, I would agree. That's the way with I that. would see it. Because yeah, Tammy, I mean, because I think I think there Udinese will be more of a classic uh, Serie A game, kind of maybe meant more for a guy like Belotti. While the Feyenoord game, they'll we'll probably defend mo- most of that game, especially away from home. And Tam, I think Tammy's a bit better than Belotti when it comes to counterattacking with with his skill and his pace. So. Yeah, I, I could see it being um, Dybala, Tammy, and then and Pellegrini. I would have went with the opposite just for the, the sole fact that I... Sorry, Scott? I was going to say, would you think that... I was going to say Udinese might be a bit more physical. And that's when you bring it's in gonna be, yes, it's, you, Yeah, you bring It's going to be yeah. more physical. That, and uh, I also think, uh, like Seb said, I think we're going to defend uh, deep against Feyenoord. And counterattacking, I would give it to Tammy uh, for sure over Balotti. But defending wise uh, and work rate, I would I would uh, think Balotti would be better suited for an away match uh, like this one. So that's why I would put Balotti. I I would think Mourinho would want to first defend and not concede and just have Balotti run all over the pitch. So that's why I can see him in like a like a crucial away game just. Just on the defensive aspect, just running around and trying to press and trying to cause havoc and break the game from uh, Feyenoord to not get them going. That's the reason why I could see Belotti Thursday. And he's been starting more, I think, uh, Europa League matches lately. So I, I think it's a game suited for him where your first instinct is to defend, keep a, keep, keep a clean sheet, and then it is to score. I, that's how I think Mourinho and this team is thinking for, for Thursday's game. And for Serie A... Uh, with the physicality, uh, maybe bring Belotti in later and hopefully he can get an early goal with Tammy, Dybala, and Pellegrini and not have to worry, you know, about trying to score late on to win the game. Yeah, especially against an Indonesi side who started Serie A really, really strongly but have faltered a lot recently and only picked up a 2-2 draw against Monza the today. I was going to say early kickoff. It was the early kickoff in this crazy round of Serie A action today where there was games back to back to back to back to back due to Easter and there was three games yesterday. Beto scored right at the end. But um, I wanted to ask you both about on today's game against Torino. Two players stand out. Um, one of them is from the defence, uh, Diego Lorente and Jeannie Wijnaldum. I thought both played really, really well. I think my man of match was Chris Smalling, as usual. Um, I think it's been amazing this season and I think he has to sign a contract extension ASAP. But Seb, I'll come to you first and then I'll come to you after, Joey. What were your thoughts on both uh, Lorente and Vinaldum? Lorente seems to have slotted in quite nicely as the, we'll say, fourth-choice centre-back in this back three. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, he looked he looked really good. He looks, he looks very comfortable. Looks He looks very experienced. Uh 
that that one tackle i i guess you the one slide tackle he made and then he was able to go back and control the ball after was oh. was just elegance elegance <laughs> elegance but yeah no it, it i think we needed we needed a fourth option and and the fact that you could just kind of step him in like this and now ibanez kind of has uh you know more rest and ibanez plays ibanez plays in a very aggressive way he plays in a very hard way he puts everything into it so the more you could rest him the better and now now with Lorente we have that option I don't like getting too high too low as I was, I was kind of mentioning earlier but I do think if there's a way to keep him I don't think it should be for 15 million <laughs> uh just simply due to his age but if there if there's a way to keep him for sure Samdoria last week Torino this week he handled both games very very well when Aldum back to his levels and we're, we're starting to see it a little bit Sampdoria obviously better than today today a bit more but he but he gave he gives everything energy pace uh you know ball quality like with the balls at his feet you kind of you kind of tell you know he, he has that, that that quality there's a little back heel flick he gave to Sobakin um in the corner that that I was kind of like oh if that that if Sobakin got the cross off that could have been a nice goal and if it went in and you know went to somebody in the box but it's a, these are these are two added values and that we didn't have in the first half of the season that now we have right and and these guys are definitely gonna in my opinion gonna play their part in the last eight games plus plus the Europa League I would I you know what I would not be too surprised if Florente gets the Feyenoord game you know he's, he's playing good and we talked about Mourinho not being scared to to bench players for guys that are playing better so I mean I don't think none of the three center backs are playing that awful but. Florente's playing good. He and one thing that I think he has over all the other center backs is uh, his ball the, on the ball quality. I think out of all oh, great. out of all of yeah. them, yeah, he's probably he's probably the best one. Yeah, right? we uh, yeah. yeah uh, I wouldn't. Had, Chris Smalling's probably the worst. Not not no no offense, but he has different qualities for his game. He reads the game mm-hmm. very well, and his. Uh, uh, he, he has like uh, a turn of speed where he can, and he has anticipation where he, he can get to places. Like you see the blocks today and the blocks he made throughout the season. Um, he's very good in the air. Mancini, Marco Materazzi is his hero. So he's a bastard. Um, <laughs> I would say most, most improved player of the year. Most oh, like oh, with our- hands down, hands down. But Lorente, very elegant on the ball, both footed. Um, I think if they can manage to get get him in the summer, I think it'd be a mm-hmm. very very good addition. Uh, Joey, you're you're a genie fan. Back to back, played well last week, did well today. Um, and also, your thoughts on Lorente. Yeah, so with Wijnaldum to start, I thought he had another excellent game, like you guys uh, pointed out. Um, I do think he's still more comfortable in a four-two-three-one, but I do see him getting more and more comfortable with a three-back. I mentioned last episode or the one before of how he's rarely played a, in a three-back system his whole life, and you can see. But you know, with his uh, football IQ and his qualities, he's definitely adapting. I love Moses' ball retention, the way he's able to have that low center of gravity and shielding the ball and just keeping the ball is great along with the pace and uh, being able to make runs from deep. We saw it a, a few times today. Uh, we need that quality from midfield because it's not going to come from Matic and Cristante. He's already scored, you know, with missing six months of football. I think he ha- he has definitely scored more than Matic and Cristante already. 
I'm not mistaken, he scored two while both of them have scored one. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So it just shows how good he can be uh, in terms of the offense from deep, especially for a team that struggles to score. And as for Llorente, another class game from him. Uh, Seb already mentioned his brilliant moment with uh, the sliding and the, t- the touch to retain the ball. Uh, whether he meant it or not, it was it was completely elegant. And it was a nice find for Roma in the January market. Uh, he's he's great on the ball. He's able to pass. It's uh, it's funny. I think um, I think he's a bit of a mix in terms of uh, having the ball at his feet with Ibanez and Mancini. I do think he's he's the best of the bunch. But I like the way Ibanez is good at progressing with the ball with the ball at his feet. Mm. Like he's able to bring it out as a center back, but he's not the greatest uh, passers. While Mancini's a a very underrated passer, but he's not with the good. He's not good at being comfortable with the ball at his feet. But he's he's excellent pass, and I think Lorente brings both those qualities. He's able to push up with the ball, and he's able to make uh, he's able to make good progressive passes. So uh, another uh, another great game by him. And one of the things I like the most, and he even mentioned it, he doesn't mind if it's a back three or back four. And that was another thing uh, he said that in an interview after last week. And he played in both a back four and a back three in back-to-back weeks, and he looked comfortable in both. So it's, it shows his versatility and something Roma's missing. So finally, we have a center back that it can bring value depth, that can give you know rest to Ibanez, Mancini. Um, I won't even say Smalling because I don't know if any of the the other three can play in the middle like Smalling can. It's a, to me, it's a it's a position on its own, but I'm glad he can bring... Uh, you know, much added depth that this team has been lacking all season. I think Lorente is quite comfortable playing in either or, or because I think he's a bit used to it playing it with Leeds because Leeds had, uh, I'm trying to think, they had Marcella Bielsa for a while. They had Jesse March. Um, they now have got, I think, uh, the a Spanish manager. His name escapes me at the moment, um, but it will come to me later. But uh, when he was playing under both Jesse Marsh and Marcello Bielsa, I think they sort of switched from a four to a three quite a lot, especially under Bielsa. Bielsa's like a high-tempo um, football, um, and I love watching Bielsa, and I really hope he does get the Uruguay job. Not going on a tangent, but... Um, but I think Lorente yeah, is quite, Scott, uh, just, quite comfortable. Sorry, yeah. Ex- exactly. No, just to step in, I'm glad you you focus on that. Uh, playing in a back three and back four, um, you know, maybe maybe other fans of other teams will will kind of ignore this little uh, this little thing about it. But it's it's actually really key because you know us Roma fans know when Roma switched to a back four defensively, we've always said they're center backs. I'm not saying all three of them, but maybe, you know, Mancini or Ibanez or Mix, they don't seem comfortable in a back four. So having somebody that can play in both is actually quite refreshing for us if we ever need to go to a back four. It, it just, I'm stressing that point is because we couldn't go to a back four before because we didn't have guys who were comfortable in a back four. Mm. Well, now we have somebody who can play in either or, which I think is going to be crucial for the last eight games if we ever need to... Uh, go to a back four because we're down in the game and we need to save a game or whatever the case is, we have somebody that is good in both systems, which is which is nice to see. Uh, Mancini played a lot in a back three, didn't he, at Atalanta? Um, I don't know about Abanez when he was in Brazil. Uh, I'm not too sure, but he may have played, I think he played one game for Atalanta. And then 
excuse me, when he came to to Roma under Fonseca, he played a, a, in a back three. Small has played in a four uh, with Fulham. I imagine he played in the back four when he played for Mainstone. Uh, and then under Man United, it would have been a four or a three. But at Roma, it started off with a four and then it went to Everton. It went into a three. I think he's comfortable in either or. Kumbula, I think he's a back three only because he hasn't got the pace or and that that's what you probably need as a defender. He, he lacks pace. Um, but Kumbula needs to be sold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he's just renewed a contract, hasn't he? So it's renewed till twenty twenty. Administrative purposes. Mm, maybe to get a, a, a value on him. Me and Joey were in a bit of shock when we when we both saw the news on that. Um, but no, I, I think you've got players who are a bit have can adapt. Um, it's good. I I I'm a big fan of Lorenzo. I know he's played what two and a half games, three games. He's done well in all three, bar the injury he got against Real Sociedad in the first leg. But he looks to be an astute buy. I think. People were thinking, oh, he's going to be the fourth or fifth centre-back. He's not going to get any minutes. But he's coming, and he's done a really good job so far. And, and as as you both said, he may start on Thursday against Feyenoord in Rotterdam, which could be another feather in his bow because he's ousted Roger Banez and there was, there's some rumours about his future at the club. I think Atletico Madrid and Spain are, are looking to, to add him to his to their uh, squads which could be interesting Abanez and Diego Simeone for next season in La Liga could be quite fun but we'll talk about that in the summer but no yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with Lorente I didn't mean to go on like a four minute tangent about it but uh, that's what we do I, I'm very I do impressed want, I do want to emphasize because you, you mentioned Lorente and Wijnaldum I do want to put a bit more emphasis on, on Wijnaldum a little bit because I think uh, his his return to high levels is going to be very, very, very important to Roma. Maybe we haven't realized it yet, but I think we will. I think we will soon, and we we might, and we're, we're we're starting to see it already, right? With with Ronaldo, right? We're starting to see kind of the, the, the. I'll put it like this in a in a very simple way: there's no other midfielder on Roma like Ronaldo. Period. Very true. Very, very yeah. true, yeah. The other two are quite static. I like Matic. Uh, I, Chris Dante has his qualities, and we saw that we missed him in the Sassuolo game where Roma were very, very open, and it, that game could have ended up 8-5, and it, it really should have. <laughs> but uh, we do miss Chris Dante because I think me and Joey have noticed he wins a lot of tackles, and he's quite good in distribution. Yeah. Matic dictates tempo, very good positioning, um, very good on the ball, a lot of calmness, and he has experience into the midfield. You need that third runner. You need that box-to-box midfielder yeah. like Vinaldum, and For he sure. makes those three, those third-man runs, and we saw it against Sampdoria last week. Um, we saw it today. I think we saw it against Juventus, where you see him make those runs, and then he picks out, uh, a position higher up the pitch, and he get and he gets in. Look, the the he hit the post last week against Sampdoria. Matic picked him out. The, the goal last week against Sampdoria, and then winning the penalty. He's he's making a run from deep, right? And it, we need that in the midfield because if you play with Matic and Cristante, they're too static. Sad, sadly, Maddy Camera is not seen that much. I thought he would have been a good foil because he's maybe that sort sort of player but 
I've I've loved Fine Adam since he's come in, and, and when when they played as a four three three last week, I think that was more suited to him. But if he can play as a as a double pivot in the, in a three four two one and make those third man runs, it's perfect. We we're getting to those levels where he's almost back to full fitness. I think in the next eight games this season, he's going to be so pivotal in Serie A and hopefully much more in in Europe. <laughs> I, well, I, I definitely agree. I'm glad you brought up his quality score. We're, we're going to need that for the rest of the season. And uh, that's what we sorely miss when uh, – I know we'll get into the summer, but that that's why I, I wanted Roma – was hoping when they pursued for Tazy uh, in that – in that sense, because we needed that dynamic midfielder, and I'm glad Wijnaldum is able to bring it, and I hope Roma is able to strengthen that spot and see that's a it's a clear weakness going into the summer because you can't just depend on Wijnaldum, right? So, but I'm glad he can hold. Hopefully, can just hold the fort for the next eight games and come out with the uh, you know with our objectives that we want. Could you imagine a double pivot of Fratesi and Wijnaldum? <laughs> oh, that's uh, too much. Uh... Just chaos. Yeah, too much yes. chaos. Yeah, definitely. No, <laughs> no one's gonna be uh, be the main uh, pivot to defend with the defenders. So I, I mean, maybe if you're down a goal, sure. But uh, I always like to pair, you know, someone like a Cristante Matic with a Fratesi mm. one album, like one of yeah. each, one of each type. Yeah. But yeah, but with Serie's chaos, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we, we like to embrace the chaos in Serie. Um, Shall we talk about Thursday's game? It's a tricky tie. In the Europa League, Feyenoord's they're top of the Eredivisie and they're absolutely killing it at the moment. I think they'll probably be seeking revenge after what happened in May in in Tirana, where Zaniolo scored from a from a Mancini assist. Uh, we were talking about Gianluca Mancini and his ball distribution, but are you guys confident if we can get something in Rotterdam and bring back to the Olympico? I think. It's crucial that the second leg is at home. Uh, I think to bring uh, final back to the Olympico, when they're probably be about 60,000, 65,000. I know there's not going to be away fans due to the chaos and the problems of what happened before in 2015. But how are you both feeling? Seb, I'll come to you first, and then Joey, I'll come to you afterwards. Yeah, no, I, I would say my first feeling is probably excited i'm excited to play you know big a big european a big european game big european game with Mourinho. um also i like the idea of the rematch i think it's kind of it's funny the two conference league finalists uh are now playing each other in the quarterfinals of the europa league maybe it maybe it says a little bit about about that competition last year but uh but no i think i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be a good, a good game i think the obvious thing is is we'll be okay if we go if we go back back home with the draw even even I think you know even if we're just down a goal I think that the, the the game on Thursday will probably just be maintaining a result to take home, and then make pretty much eliminate the away game and just make the home game at the Olympico the the one off to go to the semifinals kind of like what we did last year against Leicester right uh, where you know you you tie you tie the game the game away and and then you get back home and it's pretty much just a one off at the Olympico and we all know how the Olympico is for for a big European game so. It's always it's always kind of worth double playing at home, but I do I do think it's it's going to be a defensive game from from our side, and Feyenoord will come, they'll press, we'll defend, and it'll kind of just be wait for the opportunities that that come to us. 
And also, you know, we all know how good Roma are on set pieces. So I think that that would also be crucial to, to Thursday's game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Play, play for set pieces, play on the counter, soak up the pressure, try and get maybe a nil-nil or maybe at worst a one-nil defeat and take them back to the Olympico. I think mm-hmm. Roma are suited for knockout football just because yep. of the style of football they play. Um, especially this season, it's been quite combative where they will soak up the pressure and then at home, uh, sorry, away from home, they soak up all the pressure and try to hit on the counter-attack. And at home, they've got a different game plan where, like, like you saw against Salzburg and against um, well, Sostiedad, where they can hit on the counter as well. The two early goals against Salzburg completely killed off the tie in the, in the first leg of the second, uh, the first half of the second leg. Um got an early goal against Real Sociedad and then a second later on and then just defended for 90 minutes. Didn't give a fuck about trying to play football <laughs> at, the, at the Reale Arena. Yeah. But, yeah. The game away to, to Sociedad I'll always, always laugh at because it's just, it's <laughs> you know, it's funny. You could play defensive football, but there, there's playing defensive football and then there's not even playing football at all and and when we were away in Spain Roma didn't <laughs> Roma didn't even and, and consider consider playing football they just let let every minute go by and then at the 90th minute hopefully we're still up to nothing to be honest but yeah, no, me, I think I think the, sorry sorry said sorry well, to be good. but me and me and Joey did the pod the on that Friday and we said they didn't really need to play football, did they, Joey? They just needed just to defend. That maybe could get a goal on a set piece, which they nearly, excuse me, they nearly did. I think there was a stat where it was four hundred and eight passes to eighty four, and that was with about half an hour ago. And you just thought that sounds about right. But yeah, uh, they, yeah. No, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, sir. But yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think, but I, I was going to say, I think the Fairnard game will be a bit different. I think. You know, we do hype up the defensive side of Mourinho a little bit, but he, he, he does, you know, a lot of it is aggressive football at the same time. So I think what Roma's game plan on Thursday will be is kind of to not let Feyenoord play, you know, let them have the ball, but not let them play kind of, you know, I always say the Mourinho's has to be one of the few coaches that could be in control of a game without the ball. He could have 30% possession, but his team will feel in control of, of the result and, and of the game. So I, I would expect that that type of style uh, on Thursday I can't wait actually I'm looking forward to this because it's going to be two very good ties um, Joey how do you feel about Thursday you got the, uh, I'm, I'm going to make the joke have you got it on speed dial just for after the game but how do you feel going into yep. it yep ready ready to go <laughs> <laughs> ready, ready to go to call in any case uh, no it's going to be a it's going to be a little nervous match. Um, we mentioned uh, Sociedad, but we did a preview of how they weren't in great form, where this is the opposite. Feyenoord have been in great form all year. Um, they have only lost one game in the Eredivisie. You know, they beat Ajax in Amsterdam for the first time in 2005. That, that's big for them. Not saying I watch the league a lot, but they're, uh, they're turning some heads uh, with some of the players. Like I mentioned, uh, Kachu, the Turkish midfielder, has been playing excellent. Same with... Uh, Jimenez up top, uh, they've been scoring wonderful goals. Um, I did take a look at their your, your, uh, Europa League group, and you know they had some good results mixed with bad results. So maybe in Europe they're a little less dominant, obviously, than they are in the Eredivisie. But it's going to be a tough test for Roma, especially given the fact 
that they want revenge on us. But like Seb said, uh, Roma are probably going to go there to definitely to defend. Um, they're going to try not to concede and hopefully um, get some opportunities to to score. And they've been good at having only little opportunities in Europe and being able to score them. So uh, I don't know if I'll say I'm confident, but I, I'm I think Roma have a decent chance. But I'm definitely I'm definitely not nervous going into Thursday because Thursday can tell a lot of the outcome of the match. Definitely. Did you see who their group was? Yes, uh, there was Lazio, which they they did lose at the Olympical to Lazio, they but they beat them when they were in Rotterdam. But they, I saw their other results. They beat and lost to Sturmgratz, and they tied Midland twice. So that's why I said the results are a little, uh, they're a little uh, up and down with Feyenoord. They, it didn't seem consistent the Europe, you know, the European group for them. But again, European football, anything can happen. They're playing well. We're doing well in in our in our strengths. So it's, it's going to be a close, but tough matchup. Yeah. They, um, so they defeated Shakhtar Donetsk in the round of 16, they won seven, one, um, Jimenez, Kochu got to Omar Drissi, uh, Yakin Bash and Danilo. They also, as you said, they beat Ajax for the first time at the, um, Amsterdam Arena since 2005. Um, Jimenez, Zeminski and Gertrude, uh, also scored the top of the league. They're flying. They, unfortunately, they did get knocked out of the Dutch Cup by Ajax, but they won the Rotterdam Derby just after the international break. Um, and they play RKC tomorrow. Um, I'm just looking up the league table. At the moment, uh, we talked about this pre-pod. They were ahead of PSV, who are in second, who are playing tonight. Um, but, yeah, they're 64 points in 27 games. PSV got 59, Ajax have got 56, and Azada got 54. So they're 10 points ahead of fourth. They're eight points ahead of Ajax, who sort of fallen off a cliff this season. They sold all their best players and their manager went to Manchester United. But PSV, yeah, I think PSV have been the maybe the team to watch out for. Also in Holland, they've got so many talented players. But final, it's, it's pretty much theirs to lose. But I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be anxious. I always am watching, watching Roma the, this season because the expectations are like, could get fourth, could do well, could get another trophy. But... Look forward to it. You never know. Could get a semi-final in Europa, but not looking far too far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, um, guys, do you have anything else to add? I just want to say, Scott, the mysterious case of uh, Cella continues of uh, ah, not starting again. Yes, game. yeah. And do you want to bring up the Jose Mourinho quote you wanted to talk about yes, as well? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, I thought he had some interesting words after the game. Um, first being the, uh, who's the, um, who's the biggest opponents, uh, going, uh, going for the final games of the season. He actually said ourselves, which he's right. Um, we, I think are our biggest enemies and it's the, 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 the making top four in Champions League is totally within Roma's hands. So I, I liked what he said about that. And just, the uh, the funny quote to end it off on the, uh, uh, being third or fourth in the standings were, they asked him uh, that they're third in the standings. He's like, doesn't Juve have 59 points? It's like, uh, we should be fourth. I mean, we are in Italy. So he took a little, he took a little jab 
at uh, at how they're 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 likely treating the whole Juventus minus fifteen point case. But I, I just thought it was in- interesting and just classic Jose Mourinho. Meow, cats out the bag. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, Seb, would, what's your thoughts on Chelik? Me and Jerry have I, you talked know, about it. It's, it's odd. It's odd. It's it's you know it's it's funny. Like he he had the he had the very good January, uh, or you know a bit before the break. Then January he plays really good, and you're like, oh, he's you know he's he's Karsdorp's obviously out of the squad at that point. So you're kind of like, oh, like this you know he's a, this, the the starter without question. And then since that own goal in the Coppa Italia, like he has not been able to to, to get to get a start in. I, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. It's a it, I usually. I think you know with Mourinho, things are usually very clear. I, I always kind of, always say that like you know when he likes someone and when he doesn't like someone. But this one's a bit weird because he he was playing him a lot. He he would I remember early in the season, early early, like even before the Karsdorp situation happened, uh, when Mourinho said, "Oh, you know, last you know last year Karsdorp had nobody. Now if he plays bad, there's Chelik right behind him." Mm-hmm. So he you know Mourinho you know he 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 valued. Chalik as as an important player of the team and to not it's weird I don't know I don't I don't I, that one I don't, I don't really have an answer for if I could be honest with you I, I think he's a good player I think he should he should definitely get some more minutes especially especially with the way the schedule is so I guess we'll see what happens now with, with the last final stretch here Seb just to just to clear it because uh, I don't know if you've listened to other podcasts sorry Scott I, I just want to mention no, the reason fine. I keep bringing up Chalik is there's been uh, there's been certain. Uh, situations where I thought Chelik should have started, such as the Sociedad game would have been perfect for him. You know, Mourinho's yep. there just to defend uh, yep. the, the away game. The game in a four-back, which suits Chelik the most, is playing in a four-back. He has less offensive responsibilities, and he can focus on his strengths, which is playing defense. He doesn't start in the four-back. And who is starting is Zaleski. Don't get me wrong. I think Zaleski's been a nice addition you know, since breaking out last year. But I've always thought he struggled a little bit on the right side, uh, attacking and especially defending. Like if you could say there was one player that could have gave Roma trouble today was Radonjic on Zaleski's side. Mm-hmm. And it's happened time and mm-hmm. time again. Zaleski defensively isn't the greatest. So in a game where I think you would see Celic, you know, defending a lead or going into the game like Sociedad where you don't need a win or even a back four which suits Celic more... I would think you would see him, and we just don't see him at all. And now Karsdorp's out, and we don't see him at all. And the one player I can say that is sort of struggling, uh, and I, I think it's due to him playing a lot of games and playing on his uh, weaker side, is Zaleski. So that's why I don't understand why Chalik doesn't start or even appear in, in some of these games. Yeah, no, I don't, it's, it's, it's definitely a weird situation. I, I agree 100%. Agree. I, but I, you know, I think he'll, he'll get more minutes now, especially with with Karsdorp, with Karsdorp out. I think so. There's no way Zaleski plays every game, right, until oh, the end of the season. Mad. Right? It'd be mad <laughs> if he does. It'd be chaotic. <laughs> I think he might play against Udinese. You brought up a Radonjic, Joey, and I think Lazio did this with Zakanye. I think they do target him a little bit. Would you they agree? Do. Yeah. Uh, I think they do. It's it's their weakest of the back. Let's see, even the back five with the wing backs. It's the weakest. It's the weakest point that Roma have mm-hmm. is him. And I'm not saying he's horrible. I'm just saying it's the weakest of the five. So they tend to attack that side, and they they seem to have found success. Did he do bad today? He did not. But again, if there's one player, the commentator said it. I'm sure anybody watched this match. The one player who was the most dangerous for. Torino was Radonjic, and he played mm. on Zaleski's side. Same with the Lazio, the Derby, who was the um, 
who was the most dangerous was Zakania. Where did he play? Well, it was on Zaleski's side. So we know his qualities isn't defending. I, that's why I don't get about not playing Chelik in some of these situations. Like maybe attack more through Spinazzola. I, I don't know. And, and if Zaleski was doing better offensively, I could make a case for it. But I don't even think he's doing uh, better offensively, to be honest. So that's why... That, that's why that side, it just, uh, it just doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't. And, uh, oh, and last point is he's on that side where I, we know Roma like to defend deep. Dybala, to me, as a forward, isn't the greatest defensively. I mean, we know that's not what he does. So I find on the left side, you have Pellegrini or Al-Sharari. They, they help much more defensively than Dybala does. So Zaleski's kind of alone in that situation, doesn't have that help on that side as well. And being, I, I don't, I don't know. It just scares me to see it. That's why I said playing Chalik in certain, these situations, I think could benefit Roma. I just, I don't know why Mourinho doesn't do it. It's just, it's just a weird, weird situation. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. Because in certain games this season, you would have thought you would have played him. Like, like you said, Joey, also team's target, with tricky wingers. You've got Zakani on the left and he, he's been doing really well for Lazio. Radonjic is also, he gave Zaleski not a hard time because I think in the second half he sort of didn't really do that much. He was sort of blunted. I think Mancini sort of did a d- job on him but he gave Zaleski a bit of a horrid time at times in, in, in the first half. I think if you've got a tricky winger who... Is like an inside forward or an inside winger who likes to cut in and then go in on the inside or on the outside. Like those two players do, it does give teams problems. I mean, they sort of do target him, but I think it's just a bit strange. Even Lorient is far too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Another one who I'll be amazed if he's at Sassuolo next season. But yeah, um, would mind him at Roma. I think me and you, Joey, talked about that. But yeah, I think he does get targeted. But yeah, it's just a. A debate for another day. Um, guys, I think we pretty much wrapped it up. 50-odd-plus minutes. Um, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find all our previous episodes on the website. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Or, or, or Also, I always botch this part up. I do apologise. Um, but, yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcast, <laughs> SoundCloud, Spotify, Pod being tune in, yeah. Seb, I always botched this part up, but no. Um, <laughs> to the two Canadians, Joey, Seb, and also thank you so much for joining me on this Easter Saturday. Um, I, I wanted to record tonight and not do it tomorrow because it's Easter Sunday, and you both wanted to probably spend time with your family and enjoy the enjoy the day and maybe do indulge in some chocolate and uh, eat a lot of Easter eggs, which I will probably <laughs> do. But thank you so much; it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm happy. I'm happy to always come back on. It's always. Oh fun. yeah, yeah, Seb. It's been too long, and you've probably it's been, been very, very busy. You, you've probably been busy with your job, also, and yeah. MLS season. How do you feel of it so far? F- so far. Oh, so you want to? Well, it went on. Oh, I had a little bit. I, of I need. I need. I need. I need. I need Bob Bradley out of TFC, man. That's all. That's all. I that's all. Say that's 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 where we end off, guys. Enjoy the enjoy the hockey tonight. You probably we were talking a little bit about <laughs> pre pod. I'm not a hockey fan. Joey's had to enjoy me talk talk cricket, so I had to enjoy them to talk about hockey pre pod. <laughs> but 
Guys, thank you very much. Enjoy your Saturday evening. Enjoy probably the last 25 minutes of Lazio Juventus. And uh, we'll be recording again probably Thursday after the game or maybe Friday. Um, Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the Easter holiday. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao, guys.